Okay. So if that's how you, <laughs> you want to run this race, you're welcome to. The, the author doesn't say how you're supposed to do it. You can have as much fun running this race as you like. The thing that you're going to need, though, is endurance. Right? It's a tough race. Um, Caleb ran something like, I, I don't know the exact number, 125 Ks. 125 Ks. That's like going around a school oval, like a big size school oval, over 300 times in 24 hours. You know what the problem was? He forgot where he left Haley. <laughs> and his parents live in Mandurah. So he ran down there and she wasn't there. And he realized he left her in Claremont and he had to run back. 125 Ks. That's how long that is. All the way down, all the way back in one day. Um, you need endurance. You know, your muscles get cramps, you get blisters, it's difficult to run. And so the, the author says, hey, God's called you to run a race, and the race is going to need endurance. If any of you have been Christians for long enough, and you've realized it's not always easy, or, or you say like, where's God? Or I thought, uh, you know, I thought when I got saved, they said, you know, receive Jesus, it's the best decision you'll ever make. Uh, Jesus will like make all your life dreams come true, and then you find out he doesn't, because he doesn't. Um, you know, then you need endurance. What do you do then? Um, and so this, this author is saying we're going to need some endurance. So I'm going to tell you about three things. Uh, one is the race God wants you to win. The second one is two things to watch out for. The third one is two things to help you to get to the end. So... What is the race that God wants you to win? The author says, let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. This is the race. <coughs> um, just excuse me. I don't think I'm sick. I think I've just got a, a sore throat or um, lost my voice. Um, the race is trusting God all of your life. That's the race. What has God called you to do? What does he want you to win? He wants you to trust him all of your life. Every day, every week, every month, every year, he wants to trust you. He wants you to trust him. This isn't a race that you, you're competing to beat other people. You're not like, I trust God more than you trust God. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to beat you. This is a race where there's a prize that is for you only. Only you can win the prize. And what you have to do to win your prize is to trust God with your life. And so God's called you to trust him. You trust things every day. Did you know that? Um, what do you think will happen if I let go of this cup? I don't believe it. It will fall. But I, I think Josh will dive because he's like a superhero. He'll catch it midair and be drinking it before it lands. <laughs> Josh, Josh, at least pre-sabbatical, liked coffee. I, I don't know how much has changed, but... He, at one stage, you like coffee. But you're right, it will fall. Why is it going to fall? Gravity. gravity. Who of you strap yourself in at bed at night because you don't trust gravity? Someone? Oh, boy. Dangerous. So you trust gravity all the time. I think there's a, a picture, Chris, if you can just try. I'm going to move through this. I don't fall. I do random gravity checks. Anyone done a gravity check? Yeah? So you trust gravity all the time. There's something else you trust all the time. It's oxygen. Hold your breath. 
for the rest of the meeting. <laughs> you don't. But, but none of you look anxious. I've looked at you this morning. None of you look like between breaths, you get really anxious about your next breath. And yet oxygen is quite dangerous. You trust time all the time. You trust the sun's going to come up. You trust the sun's going to go down. You trust that Christmas is going to come. Does anyone have a, has anyone put together a wish list? Liberty? Liberty? I, just, I, said, I said singular, wish list. You put your hand down. Has anyone put, written wish lists? Yeah, yeah, there you go. You trust your birthday's going to come, right? So, yeah, exactly, because there's presents. So you're trusting time all the time. You're trusting gravity and oxygen. You're trusting things all the time. And God says, I want to be what you trust. Uh, who, who, which of the kids is willing to trust me? Maybe one of my own kids. Okay, Liberty, come up. It's probably safer. Okay, I'm going to ask you to trust me. In, in, just stand here. Don't turn around. Um, again. So... You just have to trust me because I'm your dad, right? Yeah. Yeah. Now, you can choose not to trust me. But without, without looking backwards, oh, no. I want to ask you to fall backwards. Oh, no. There you go. Okay, that would have, I mean, just put yourself in her shoes. That would have been terribly scary. She hasn't looked around. She doesn't know her mum's there. She's trusting her dad. And there must be a bit of fear. A lot of people are watching, Right? So imagine the fear that's going through, but she chooses to trust. And God says to us, will you trust me? You're not always going to understand me. You're not always going to understand your life. You're not always going to know what's going on. But will you trust me? Will you walk with me? Will you follow me? And um, he asks us to trust him. So this is the race. This is endurance. Every day trusting him. It's easy to trust for a moment. It's easy to trust for a day. But can you trust him for your life? For all of your life? And there's a prize that he wants to give you in the end. So what are the two things you have to watch out for? The first thing he says, you have to lay aside every weight. Lay aside every weight. What weighs you kids down in life? Does it? Yeah? Doing laundry. Doing laundry. Yeah, what a drag. What a burden. Good thing you don't do it. Uh, what weighs you down? Any, anything can weigh you down. It, you know, it doesn't have to be bad things. Uh, if you can go... So there's lots of things that weigh us down. They're not necessarily bad things. Good things can weigh us down. For Joseph, Joseph God called Joseph to rule, to, to run Egypt. Then God calls Moses to run away from Egypt. He says to Joseph, I want you to have influence here, to be popular here, to grow here. Everyone's going to know you here. You're the man here. And he says to Moses, I want everyone to hate you, to try to kill you. You need to run away. You need to trust. And both of them are trusting God. So our lives don't necessarily look the same when we trust God. Our lives can look different. And good things, God can say no to one person. God can say yes to another person. So, I'm, I mean, I'm so glad that I'm a Gentile Christian because we eat pork. But if I was a Jewish Christian, I wouldn't eat pork. For those of you who don't know what I'm, if it matters, would, 
Think bacon. Now you, now you get it. The romance of bacon. Imagine you couldn't eat bacon. Kids, do you know what the first Olympic athletes wore in the Olympics? No, do you know, Levi? No? Does anyone want to guess? A dress? A smile? I'm going to mention it. I'm going to mention it, Caleb. I'm going to mention it. Nothing. They were naked. Yay. I don't know how you guys run in Indiana. Were you saying yeah, Kelly? Someone was going yeah. Someone was. They wore nothing. They ran naked because they wanted to run as fast as they can. And this is what the author is saying. Saying take off every weight. Get rid of the things that hold you back. Run, trust in God your whole life. And if something is getting in the way, get it out the way. Get rid of it. Take it off. It doesn't necessarily mean naked. Uh, A friend and I, a few friends and I, four of us, ran naked down the street once when we were 15, um, down a cobbly road. And because we were racing each other to the end of the street, one of us was less um, coordinated than the rest and tripped and fell and slid down the street. Yeah. Oh, I felt that. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't happen to me, bro. So, run the race that God has called you to. Take off the things that uh, hinder you. And that could be anything. Lay it aside. So, it could be TikTok. It could be iPads. It could be busyness and popularity or wealth or ambition. It could be a whole lot of things. And I'm just going to give you some advice. So, if you're taking some notes, yeah, this is where you want to write it down. Because this will change your life. Okay? So you have a run. You are a runner. You have a run. And you've got to work out the things that are distracting to you. Right? Your job is not to work out what's distracting for someone else. You can come alongside them and they can say, Hey, do you think there's things that are distracting my heart? And you can say, Well, I'm not sure. Let me ask you some questions. Not, yeah, I've been waiting for you to say this. Now let me tell you the five things. That's not your job. That's the Holy Spirit's job. Your job is to figure out, uh, and with the help of others, what are things that are distracting you from the run God's called you to. So, does your phone get in the way of trusting God? Then put it off. Take the note. Does TikTok keep you distracted? Delete it. Is social media holding you captive? Get unsocial on media. Are your Facebook friends closer to you than your real ones? Get some real friends. Does your hobby cause you to trust God less? Sorry, does your hobby cause you to trust God less? Stop doing it. Is the TV the only thing you think about when in your spare time? Or Turn it off. Will your life be miserable without a certain toy or a pair of shoes or something? Take them off the wish list. Do you care about so many things that you can't care mostly about God? Simplify your life. Are constant adventures making God look boring? Get bored. Boredom is a gift. Is work keeping you busy from God? Change your job. Are your friends demanding loyalty to their cause? Get new friends. 
Is a special diet getting in the way of trusting God? Eat different food. Is the internet a highway to hell? Get rid of the internet. Are you too tired to connect with God? Get some sleep. Are you too, ca- are you too lazy to care about God? Get some exercise. Are you too fit to spend time with God? Stop working out so much and start working in. Each of us has to get honest with ourselves. And we have to look at our lives and go, is there anything that's distracting and hindering me? And then we can deal with it. So what hinders you? The other danger is sin which clings so closely. Yeah, it is a bit gross. (laughs) Sin isn't far away. Sin isn't out there. You know, a lot of times we think of like bad, bad things out there or bad things that you do, like sin's out there. But it's really not. Sin's very, very close to us. Let me show you how close it is. I'm going to give you four definitions. <coughs> Sin is wanting anything more than God wants it for you. Wanting anything less than God wants it for you. Wanting anything God doesn't want for you. Not wanting anything God does want for you. In other words, it's a different way of saying sin is about the desires of your heart. Sin starts in your heart, not in your behaviors and actions. Adam and Eve's challenge uh, from Satan was not really around eating the apple. It was about what they desired. Don't you want to be like God? It was a temptation to their heart. The behavior followed. So sin is about our desires and having the right desires. A danger that can keep us from living for for God is the danger of our desires and knowing what we want. So watch out for sin um, and let's cut it off. But fortunately for us, there's two things much greater than distractions and much greater than desires. There's two things that help us get to God, that help us finish this race. And these are the two things. The first one is, we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Imagine, kids, that you go to a shopping center with your mom or dad, um, and it's a bit of endurance is needed. I know as a kid, to go to the shops, man, you need a lot of endurance. It was like the worst place to be taken. And... Normally, I don't know if you're like me, and I'm not suggesting you do this, I'm suggesting you don't do this, but there's always good hiding places, especially in clothes shops, because they kind of put clothes in long racks, and right in the middle of there is is a place that you can forget where you are um, and feel safe again. You're no longer in the shops. Um, In other words, you're hiding, but you also, when you hide, you get lost, right? Um, Because your parents don't know where you are. And that can be scary eventually. So one of the things God gives us is a great cloud of witnesses, people who've been there before. It's like when you get lost somewhere and there's an information counselor or someone you can go ask, uh, an adult, someone in charge, you can say, I don't know where I am. Can you help me? I've lost lost where I'm going. I've lost the people I'm looking for. Can you please help me? And, and And there's people alongside you help. Now, I'm going to show you a video quickly. Liberty had a great cloud of witness at a run that she had to run with endurance. Chris, can you play that for us? And next set of year one goes... Go Liberty! Go Liberty! Go Liberty! Go Liberty! Go Liberty! Go! 
Thank you. It's not that the camera didn't pick up the other parents screaming. It, there was only one parent screaming. <laughs> That's what the author is trying to tell us. You are surrounded by the greatest. The people he's talking about come from the previous chapter. And the author said that the world wasn't worthy of these people. They were so faithful and so good. The world wasn't worthy of them. And we have them surrounding us going, go for it. This is worth it. Now, they're not, they're not really cheerleading like Nas was. They're not watching me run and Moses and Noah and Ruth are sitting in heaven going, go Mark, go Mark, go Mark. That's not what they're doing. What they're doing is they're saying, keep looking at him. It's worth it. He's faithful. You can trust him. Noah, man, you were called to build an ark. It seemed pretty insane. Uh, I don't know. Can I trust him? Yes, trust him, Mark. Put your faith in him. Moses, Ruth. Uh, All of these saints of old, Abraham, you've put your trust in him. You've lived your life for him. Can I trust him? And they're all this great cloud of witnesses say, they give their testimony and they say, you can trust him with everything in you. But he says something I don't like. It's okay. Trust him. He says something I don't understand. It's okay. Trust him. He's allowed some pain into my life I don't want. It's okay. Trust him. My dad and my mom are asking me to clean up my room all the time and they're frustrating me. It's okay. Obey them and trust them. Parents, just to keep it even, don't exasperate your children. My children don't listen to me. It's okay. Enjoy your kids. Keep the burden light. Why? Because you trust them. So this great cloud of witnesses keeps us saying, trust him, trust him, trust him. And then there's something even better. It says that we can keep looking to Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. And it says that Jesus ran this race ahead of us. That's why he's the author of it, because he started the race. And he's the perfecter of it, because he's the first one to finish the race. And so he knows where he's going, and he's on the other side. And it says, trust him, walk with Jesus, look to him. In other words, don't get distracted. Don't give in to desires. Keep your eyes laser focused on Jesus. He's going to lead us all the way. But what happens if you're in the shops and you get lost? What happens if you hide away from your parents and and it dawns on you, oh my gosh, I've been hiding and watching shows on my iPad for like three hours. My parents are going to be so mad. The shops are closing. I might as well keep hiding. I better not come out. They'll be so mad with me. What's a parent going to do if they've looked for you and they've, lo- they've done everything they can and they think you're lost and after three hours you come out and you say, here I am. You're going to see a parent running and picking you up and crying snotty tears all over you and holding you and saying, I thought I lost you. They may tell you off along the way, and that's okay. But they're going to be relieved. You're going to see love in their eyes. You're going to feel it in their hug. They're going to squeeze you so tight. You're not going to be able to breathe because they thought they lost you. And this is what it's like with Jesus. You know, if we get stuck in in distractions, we go down those trails, or we get lost in desires and caught up like duct tape, all sticky and yicky, and 
Why? And the author says, look to Jesus. We go, I can't look to Jesus. I told him I wouldn't do these things. I can't look to Jesus. He's going to be so disappointed. I can't look to Jesus. He's going to be mad. I know I didn't obey him. I can't look to Jesus. The author says, look to Jesus. Why? Because if you can see his look in, in his eyes, you'll see he longs for you. He longs to help. He longs to lean in. He longs to take the duct tape off. He longs to get the sticky and ickiness off of you and to wash you. He longs to pull you from your distractions by showing you how beautiful he is. He's not going to threaten you. He's not going to beat you. He's going to hold you. Look to Jesus. Dane Ordland gives this wonderful story. He says, this is what it's like. He says, imagine a doctor goes into a jungle and the doctor, doctor has the medicine that the, the jungle, the tribe needs. And this tribe doesn't know what it needs, but they're all sick. And this doctor comes in, and he has all the medicine, and the tribe doesn't want the medicine. We'll do our thing. We know what we're doing. We know how we can fix ourselves. And we'll try a little voodoo magic, and we'll try a few of these plants, and we'll try this, and we'll try that. We don't want your medicine. We don't understand you. But they keep getting sicker and sicker, and it's breaking the doctor's heart. This is what he's here for. He's to help these people. He has everything they need. And then one day, a tribal elder and a few others come. And they say, we're, we're all dying. We'll try your medicine. And they try the medicine. And the next day, they wake up healed. And so more come and go, we'll try your medicine. And the next day, they wake up healed. And the whole tribe is healed within days. How do you think the doctor will feel? Ugh. What a waste. No. Finally. Finally, I get to be what I want to be to them. And that's what it's like with Jesus. Jesus so wants to lean in and heal us and work on our hearts and guide us. That if we turn to him a thousand times, every time we delight his heart. A little while ago, just as I bring this to an end, kiddos. A little while ago, Liberty was trading for a really tough race. I think it was like 400 meters. And when you've got very little legs, that's a long way to go. When you've got long legs like mine, it's still a long way to go. <laughs> so we were training, and I was training her like a father does. I was showing her exactly where to run and keeping time. <laughs> uh, no need to train myself. So she's trained for this race. And the race was hard. She did with some tears. She, she cried because it was so hard. Her lungs burned so badly. Her body almost, she almost felt like sweating. Her heart was racing. And she said, I don't think I can do this. But she did the race. Um, she finished it, and I asked her to give me permission to, to share the story with you, and she has, because this was what, what was interesting. I asked her, in order for me to share the story, I need to know something. Was it worth it? Did you look back a short time later and think, that sucked, I will never do that again? Or did you think, it wasn't as bad as I thought? Um, I'm glad I did it and I could do it again. And she said the latter. In other words, none of us... Trusting Jesus and looking to Him are ever going to get to heaven and go, man, that was really tough. I don't want to do that again. Every one of us will get there and go, life, that life wasn't as hard as I thought. It didn't take out of me nearly what I thought it was going to. It didn't ruin anything in my life. 
Every time I thought he was ruining my life, he was actually making something of my life. That wasn't that tough. I could totally do it again. If I did it again, I would trust him more. A little bit like your first hard run, when you finish it and you realize you've got more in the tank, you might go, if I could do it again, I would run a little faster. I would go a little harder. If we could look back on our lives, we would all go, I would trust a little more. We have that chance. Every day we have that chance. So I'll ask you these two questions as I hand it over. Are there any distractions or desires you need to turn to Jesus and say, Jesus, these things are distracting me. They're complicating my life. They're not bad things, but they're getting in the way of trusting you with my life. Or are there any desires, things that you want for your life or don't want for your life that God does or doesn't, that you've got to align your heart with His, that you can confess to Him? Can we come out, you know, from the, from the clothes rack of hiding in our own wills, doing our own thing, living our own lives? Can we come out of it and look to Jesus and say, leave me home, Captain? Why did Jesus run his race? It says, for the joy set before him. Who was the joy? What was the joy? Commentators say a few different things. So like fancy, in fancy, clever people say a few different things about what was his joy. Some think his joy was getting home. <laughs> Seems like a bad reason to leave home just to get back home. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go to earth and like fix some things, but I just cannot wait to get back here. That seems like a bad reason, but, but it's probably partly true. What seems like a clear reason to my mind comes from earlier when the author says that he was really excited to bring many sons and daughters to glory. It seems very clear that why he was running his race and the joy that set before him was he knew that if he finished his race, he could turn around and bring many sons and daughters to glory. And now he's turned around and he's facing us. He's saying, look at me. Let me bring you to glory. Let me help you in this race. As you get distracted and as your desires go out of whack, just keep looking back up. I lean in every time. The jungle doctor that's delighted to give us his medicine again, calling us home. He wants us to get a stride, a stride of trusting him. He wants us to enjoy the run with him. It doesn't have to be hard and difficult. It does require endurance. Will we trust him? Let me pray.